Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into episode 122 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast. The Matty Hattie! Alongside David never contributes here, by Joe. the way. No. Should we just count to three? We all do it. Ready? One, two, three, Go. No, you guys are all liars. (laughs) That's Craig Morgan. Uh, Jamie Eisner is here. I'm Luke Lipinski. I am excited to talk hockey with you guys today, gentlemen. I don't don't know what the deal is. Usually I'm excited. I come in here. I see both of you, and that excitement quickly wanes, and we start the podcast, and you can tell. But this this week, I'm still happy. I still want to talk to you guys. I'm kind of surprised. You usually come in here, you're sad, you look down, you're like, can't believe I have to be here today and talk to these idiots, and... I mean, your words, not mine. Do I say those words or do I just think them? Well, I guess I guess if I'm thinking them out yeah, loud. Just, yeah, you just think them out loud. I don't think you know that we hear them and they're hurtful. No. And I, I, it's Craig probably... And I, Craig and I get very sad. It's rude of me to write them on the whiteboard every week, too. I don't, I don't really understand why I do that, but but I do. That's right. I have my wife to support me. You know. <laughs> and your delicious Subway sandwich you mm. just ate. Okay, see? Why you got to bring that up? Because you always eat food right before the podcast that you claim not to like. See, but my daughters chose the, the spot today. They went in late to school. See, now we're, we're way off the rails. You're, you're already blaming we're family members it's, for it's, your day. It's easy. 12 and 10, what can they do? How about, uh, how about this? How about an NHL trade involving three teams? This no is way. better this than anything. never happens. Better than anything we're ever going to get at the trade deadline this year, so hopefully you're enjoying it now instead of five months what from now mean? or whatever. Brian Lawton says the next big trade will be Oliver ekman Larson. How long do we have to do this? Apparently forever. <laughs> okay. They're not trading Oliver ekman Larson. They're just, they're, just, they're just not. I'm not. I also can't think of a logical reason why they would. Can you find a trade? Yeah, sure. Connor People McDavid. are unhappy with him now because yeah. he's making mistakes with the puck oh. and making mistakes defensively. We could play the game of what player would be the equivalent if the Coyotes were going to trade Oliver ekman Larson, but they're not going to, so there would be no point to it. So let's focus on the trade that happened. Yeah, but okay. see, here, see, here's the problem, though. They're a bad team that has a good player, so they're automatically going to want to give that good player to whatever your favorite team is. Oh, that's true. Probably for nothing. So he's going to picks. Toronto for, mm. is it David Clarkson's contract? Or that's already gone now. Um, how long until the Clayton Keller to Toronto rumors start? That's, I mean, we've got to be like a month away from that, right? Should we, wait, never mind. I don't, I don't even want to play this game anymore. I get so fed up with it. Okay. Uh, kind of makes I, me want to play the, the game. Should I read from John Chaka that I just tweeted, by the way? Because, and by the way, he, he didn't even want to answer it at first because he's so sick of answering it. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Here it is. Let's get right into it. I've been on the record numerous times about the subject and have been very clear. <laughs> I haven't had a single conversation about Oliver that has lasted more than five seconds. And, and look, let's, let's be clear about that. It takes five seconds to say Oliver's full name. True. So if you say Oliver oh, Ekman Larson is not available, yep, that's like about five seconds. That's about five seconds. Yeah, uh, maybe he can't fit that in five seconds, and people get confused. They just hear Oliver Ekman Larson's no, not. Can, you can go to the acronym. I mean, you can go OEL. Oh, OEL, yeah, that does. That buys you, you can get a few more words in. Okay. Or just say no. 
No. OEL is not available. You fill an expletive. It was like when John Lynch called <laughs> Bill Belichick and asked for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he said he's not available, and he responds by saying, yeah, but what about Tom Brady? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was a brilliant tactic Which by John Lynch. It was, it was their game plan all along. <laughs> Such a all smart right, we'll move. off by asking for Garoppolo. <laughs> Well, I just it's it's so genius because then you're like, well, if you're not going to use Brady, give me him. And then Belichick, I'm sure, was like, well, I don't understand what's going on here. If there's ever audio I wanted to hear. It's that conversation right there. Belichick's reaction to that question. It's probably okay, just well, him hanging up. What about Tom Brady? And <laughs> hey, I, it's worth a shot. I feel like Belichick still uses a rotary phone, so he actually was able to hang up. He wasn't just like pushing the button on his cell phone. <laughs> but like funny, he's like, oh, no one's ever asked about trading him. Yeah, well, he's open. <laughs> Okay, you guys have made it quite clear you don't want to talk about Ottawa numerous times on this podcast, but they were part of a three-team trade, so we have to talk about it. Stop delaying this. Ottawa gets Matt Duchesne. Colorado gets seven prospects. And Nashville gets Kyle Turris. So where do we begin? First of all, we're talking before the show. I think we all said a different team that we thought won the trade, correct? I don't know who Jamie said. Who do you think won this trade, Jamie? Let's I'm start with you. I think won it. I still think Nashville did. Okay, so Jamie and I agree, which makes me extremely uncomfortable. Because you guys are huge Kyle Turris fans. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I think that. getting Kyle Turris for a prospect they weren't going to use in a second round pick is very good value. Yeah. Now, turning around and handing him a six year deal is a whole different story. Yeah, but, absolutely. That seemed crazy to me. Now, if if you're taking a look at, I guess if you can, if you look at it from the perspective of okay, which team added a piece that could potentially push them over the top. They're probably the closest because when you look at Ottawa, what what do they do? What did they accomplish? I uh, guess it's possible Matt Duchesne becomes the player we all thought he was going to be a few mm-hmm. years ago. Now that he's out of a, a situation that everybody around said that's what they're making, he, he didn't right? want to be there. They didn't want him there. It can't be an easy environment to try to play in. So maybe he's finally going to be that player. But if he's not a seventy plus point player for them, I I don't know if that makes a lot of sense for Ottawa. I, if you're just putting all these players in a vacuum, I'd rather have Matthew Shane than Kyle Turris. Don't get me wrong. Me uh, too. I, I'm kind of in line with what Craig's saying in the sense, or you didn't say it on the air yet, so I guess I'll let you say it on the air, but you you think he's going to be a much better player in Ottawa. I, yeah, I, I think he's going to recapture some of what he was before all the bad blood built up between he and Joe Sackett. It's a good situation. He he wasn't happy. He's got teammates coming out publicly saying he didn't want to be here. That's that's a tough situation to play in. He's a 26-year-old center who's hit the 30-goal mark. He uh, has hit the 70-point mark once and almost hit it a second time. And, and these were not great Colorado teams. He wins his face-offs for the most part. I know that that knock was out there, mainly from Joe Sackick, that's, that <laughs> implied that he wasn't a leader. I don't know what that means. He's not getting in trouble off the ice. I don't need every player on my team to be a leader. If he's going to come in and give me 30 goals and 65 points, I have, I'll find somebody else to lead. That's, that's fine. Now, the one thing I will say, all along I kind of thought, I kind of thought Colorado was going to work themselves into a corner and get ripped off, um, and I don't think that happened. I did think Matthew Shane was going to land somewhere and thrive. I'm not sure that Ottawa... I don't know. I think he'll be better in Ottawa, but I was waiting for him to land somewhere like Nashville or wherever mm-hmm. where he would really take off. I don't know how much how much being in Ottawa is going to help him, but being outside of Colorado is definitely going to help him. Yeah, I think that's the latter is what we're talking about here. It's getting just out of Colorado and see what he can do there. I don't know. What, I wonder who he's going to play with. Probably a better line than McDavid. Jeez. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, we're, we're getting off the rails again. Oh. Here. But, I mean, he's a year and a half younger than Kyle Turris. <laughs> I do think his ceiling... 
is still higher than Kyle Turris. So if we're if we're looking at who got the best player, Ottawa got the best yeah, player. Absolutely. But they gave up a lot. Yeah, they gave up a lot. They gave up a lot. And they, Colorado, and we need to say that again, because I think most of us expected Joe Sackett to just get raked over the coals mm-hmm. in this trade. He did well. They got seven assets. That's a lot. That's a haul for that player. So he did what he was supposed to do as Colorado tries to jumpstart this rebuild. First, Colorado, second, by the way, is in a playoff position right now. Yeah, they are. But, I mean, this, I think, was one of those unique situations where you couldn't hold on to Matt Duchesne all year anyway, mm-hmm. just because it, it clearly had gone so sour on both sides. But Colorado comes out of this with an additional first, second, and third in this upcoming draft. Uh, a couple other prospects. They get the Hamburglar, too. That hasn't even been thrown out there. Uh, but they get Samuel Girard, who's probably the prized prospect here. But... Nashville doesn't need any more defensemen. They've already got all of them. So this is where I think Jamie and I agree. If you're just looking at it from Nashville's perspective, you're a team that was in the Stanley Cup last year. You needed another center, and you gave up a good prospect, but one that you don't necessarily need. And that's, I just think Nashville, from where they were before this trade to where they are now, is noticeably improved. Whereas Ottawa, you know, if Kyle Turris as a center is a, 6.7, 6.7, Matthew Shane's like a 7.2. So you improved a little bit, but not by that much. Yeah, and I think with Nashville, part of the grade I'm giving them is I was convinced based on a lot of the reports coming out that they were going to possibly give up one of their top four defensemen to make this deal happen. And when it happened without them doing that, it was even more exciting in the fact that, wow, you haven't traded anybody off of that, that, that decoy that you really needed yeah. and you were able to upgrade at the center position. David Poyle, man. Yeah, don't make he, deals. He doesn't lose many Boyle. deals. No, and then you look around. You look around the Western Conference too, and I, I feel like we're in this. Again, we've we've talked about this for the last two years, but I feel like we're in this transition period. I don't feel like there is a great team in the Western Conference right now, a dominant team. So if you're David Poyle and you're you're thinking we just went to the Cup final last year, Chicago's down. Chicago, I think maybe down and out. The Kings, I know they're they're playing well, but you still question whether they have the horses to actually do what they used to do. You see opportunity here, so you gotta you gotta kick the door in now while your window is open. And you're playing right now without door Ryan window. Ellis. That didn't work, did it? Yeah, no, yeah, it didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, practice that. If your window's open, it's why almost you, unnecessary why to kick, kick the, the door, door in. in. <laughs> just go through the open window. You're just you're acting out at My that apologies. point. But uh, now I'm just picturing David Poyle breaking a lot of things unnecessarily. You're right, though. The the Western Conference is so wide open, and Nashville is right in the middle of things, playing without Ryan Ellis. I would assume, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you slide Kyle Turris in as your number two center. Ryan mm-hmm. Johansson is your number one center. That's not bad at all. And we've seen what they can do with this defense. Pecorine has been fine this year. That defense will get better at some point in the second half of the season, and their offense is still maybe lacking a little bit, but it's better than it was. You can count on Kyle Turris for, what, 20 goals every year? He's decent. Yep. Yeah. And again, I know people in this market look at Kyle Turris through a different lens uh, than the rest of the hockey world does, for obvious reasons. Blake Wheeler as well. But he still is, is an upgrade to that team. We've talked about how Nashville doesn't have Stanley Cup depth down the middle. I don't think they have it now, but I think they are closer to having it than they were when the season began. Yeah, and it's the, it's that, it's the alternate uh, approach to trying to win a cup. We already know they have the best blue line in hockey when Ellis is healthy. So what you try and do at the center position, if you can't get that franchise guy and you just not a lot of teams have him, you just try and build really good depth up the middle so that you can, you know, you can come at people in waves. You have four solid lines to roll, and he's certainly going to help in that regard. I liked, uh, there was a, a quote, and I can't find it now, 
so I'll just paraphrase. And, and it wasn't the same as when Kyle Turris left Phoenix at that at that point, but he did say something like it was pretty clear that, to me that, that well, we weren't getting a deal done here. And it just <laughs> with talking about Ottawa, and that uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Coyotes fans picked up on that one because his lips moved and Kurt Overhart was speaking. That sounds familiar, but uh, Ottawa's perspective on this now—they're clearly in win-now mode, correct? I guess. I mean, they, again, I think last season was false hope for Ottawa. I don't think that they're that good a team, but they did—they did marginally improve at the center position. They did get the best player in this deal. But again, I just feel like they gave up so much and I don't think that they have the pieces to be a Stanley Cup winner. Well, he's only signed through next year. Yeah, well, that, that's the other part of it. But what do you, I mean, if, if you let him go after that, well, he's got to produce for you. But if, if you lose him, well, you, they were going to lose tourists anyway, right? Yeah, they were going to so lose tourists this year. Signed beyond this year. So, so I, I guess you're getting, no matter what, you got a, an extra year from Duchesne. Mm-hmm. But I would hope if you make this trade that you fully intend to sign him beyond next year. You would think. I mean, I guess you Unless have... he's awful. Yeah, right? that's true. You have a year and a half to sort of see what he is. But I know that there are definitely Senators fans out there who are somewhat concerned that they basically weren't going to pay tourists, whether any of this was true or not. So they got another player that they might not pay in... 16 months instead of, you know, whatever, eight months. But it was exciting to see a three-team trade involving some yes. pretty big players. This early, too, right? Yeah. And you, Craig, usually you're 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 around your phone or your computer doing work or whatever, like 146 hours a week. How many hours are there in a week? 168? It's math. Someone yeah. else do that. There's about two hours a week when Craig isn't around his phone or his computer. 168 hours okay. a week. Okay, so 166 hours math. you're there. Like Google did. Oh, <laughs> well, that was pretty quick. Uh, and, of course, this broke in one of the two hours you weren't around your phone or computer. Well, at least you weren't. Were you traveling? No, I think I had filed my Sunday column earlier, and I was actually trying to see my family. Oh, well, that's what you get. Yeah. And then you guys informed me of the trip. Oh, I actually. want to spend time with my family and my wife and kids. My bad. Did you guys go to Subway again? Dad. All right. All right. <laughs> How's that coffee? Uh, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Thankful. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful for this. Who got it for me again? Was it Jamie or Craig? I don't care where you eat, Craig. Wherever you eat is fine. Wow. Touching. Uh, That's what support looks like, Lou. I can't see it because there's a wall up around the mic. Teamwork. That's what it's all about. It makes the dream work. It's got my back. Oh, well, that's good. You don't. No, I don't. But I'm very clear with that. Okay. Anything else on this trade before we um, move on? I think we've killed it. Okay. John Tortorella's angry again. Did you hear him after <laughs> the game? So. They ended in a why? <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me he had a very, very short press conference after the loss. Less than 60 seconds. Oh, okay. All right, that's, that's check, check. Yeah, that was pretty much all I had to say about that. They lost to the Rangers, who, by the way, I know I said last week they were on a winning streak, and Jamie said uh, they've won one in a row, which was true. I can't really argue that. But they haven't lost since. Now they're on a winning streak. So I was just predicting the future. AV saving his job. I think you got to get to three. That's right. Yeah, that's th- fine. Three, you can start to talk about a streak. Is it too early to label him a Jack Adams finalist? Oh, and Vigneault? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Also, if you think about it, too late. Oh, look at that. Just think, just, wow, makes so think a little bit. It I'm does. Thinking a lot. <laughs> Craig looks someone very else, unhappy. Someone else talk. Uh, that's four in a row with big wins over Vegas, Tampa, Florida, and Columbus. Columbus was the one that, of course, pushed John Tortorella over the edge. He doesn't really care if the Rangers beat the Panthers. But uh, look, New York's 7-7-2. Seven, seven How much time has Vigneault bought himself now? 
because there was definitely a stretch where if they lost two in a row, it sounded like he was gone, and they went 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 and now they've won four in a row. It, it's so weird in the NHL because firing coaches midseason is a, a successful tactic. Yeah. You see it happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike any other sport where you fire your coach, right, our season's all, well, I guess maybe the Suns, but then that was good for a week and a half. That's not really the middle of the season either. That's three games That's into three, the season. Yeah, that, that was something else. But I, I think he makes it until the end of the year. But, again, who else is out there? I mean, we've talked about this every year. Like, who, who's out there? Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett. <laughs> yeah, Daryl Sutter. I don't uh, know if Sutter. No, not yeah, anymore. Tippett, Tippett is... Daryl Sutter has to come into a, the... Let's let's put it this way. He has to come into the right situation. Hmm. <laughs> Things have to fit. <laughs> so, yeah. well, Tippett's, Tippett's an interesting one. Because yeah. I, Go ahead. No, so Tippett's an interesting one just because he's... I would like to see what he could do with an NHL team. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's that sarcasm. Yes, it's, there's it's a fair point there. I mean, we've 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 hashed over this as well. I think Coyotes fans are getting understanding for why Dave Tippett played the style he played there, and and you can you can say what Rick Tockett is trying to do is great. It's it is more exciting, and in the, in the long term, I I believe in it. I don't think they have the horses to do it yet, but they've got I, one I do, at least. I, yeah, they've got Clayton Keller, but I, I you know I do think. That's where the league is going, so it makes sense. But for a coach who is in survival mode, a coach who thinks, I need to win now, wants to win now, well, what do you do with the personnel you have? You play a different style. That would be interesting, Dave Tippett in New York, because that is a team that's always in win-now mode, whether they should be or not. And his track record is he gets more out of his guys than maybe they should add up to on paper. Yeah, I mean, if you're a team that thinks you're in win-now mode, perception is reality, Tippett's the coach you want. You brought up the Coyotes and Clayton Keller. So I'm just going to throw this out there. I didn't. I was looking at Craig. Uh, I walked in, and the first thing I said was, can you imagine if they had Clayton Keller and Connor McDavid on the same line? And you guys both told me to shut up. So this is the one thing I will say, because I know that the Coyotes' draft lottery history is its not pretty. I feel like Coyotes fans can kind of let the 2016 draft lottery go at this point, right? Assuming Clayton Keller just stays on this path. He's not Austin Matthews by any means, but the Maple Leafs had the worst record. They got Matthews. We've talked about mm-hmm. it on the show. It's it's If he's not going to be in Arizona, it's probably best that he's in Toronto because people are talking about Arizona hockey and what it's produced. And the Coyotes out of that draft now got Clayton Keller and Jacob Chikrin. They would have had Chikrin anyway. It has nothing to do with, you know, with with getting Matthews or, or Keller. And Keller's not Austin Matthews. I'm not saying that. Although his career numbers to start off are somehow better. But I think Coyotes fans can let that one go now. Sure. 2015 draft, well, that's we don't need to talk about that one. I mean, yeah, I mean, you miss out. You finish with the second worst record in the league and you miss out on the two top centers. Yeah. And the third center that you got is playing in Tucson. And look at what Edmonton and Buffalo are managing to do with those two great centers. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It's almost the, like oh, mismanaging your team can't be solved with one player. It's crazy. If it can't be solved with Connor McDavid, well, th- it can't be solved. When you have the worst GM in hockey, hey, it doesn't matter if a you're the respect. best player. He was a finalist for GM of the year last year. <laughs> Excuse me. You're right. Let's talk about the Oilers. Some people voting on that award. Nobody's this, done less with more. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, a recurring segment on the show. Is there anyone going to come on the podcast or nah? Shirelli? Yeah. Uh, I think we have a better chance of getting the other 30 GMs first. But if we looked, if we if we texted him, if we somehow got his number, Craig might have it, 
and we said we've had all of the other GMs in the league on. You have to come on to like complete our set of GMs. He'd say no, I'm not working with Jamie Leisner. First good movies made in a while. The uh, Oilers continue to stink, languish. That's a nice way of putting it. Languish. Well, there's, they're only seven points out of a playoff, but at what point do they need to turn it around, or I mean, it's not happening? There are a lot of teams with 16 points in the Western Conference, by the way. There's a the cutoff line right there for that last playoff team is still reachable, but when you look at number seven, they're 10 points out of seventh already. It's too early to be that far down for the Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They can't score goals. I know it's insane, but. Why do you think that is? Because it's so easy to figure out who to pay attention to on this team. Because you traded away Taylor Hall. You traded away Jordan Everly. We didn't just keep going on. Didn't this. we kind of see this in the playoffs last year? Like, McDavid wasn't shut down. No. But Dreisaitl had to play out of his mind mm-hmm. for them to get through the, uh, the rounds that they got through. As impactful as you can be, this is not basketball. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you have so little around you and you play a better team, I mean, McDavid at most is going to play a third of the game, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. You have to be able to, one, give him pieces to work with when he's playing that third of the game and then still be able to compete for the other 40 minutes tonight. And right now, that lineup when McDavid or Dreisaitl are not on the ice is very bad. I, I can't. The NHL.com stats page, I, I'm... I'm not doing this anymore. Is there a way we can get that fixed before the end of this podcast? What do you need to know? I just it, I I found it, but I shouldn't it shouldn't take me 10 minutes to figure out what I was looking for. Anyway, the Oilers, lowest scoring team in the NHL. Uh, uh, Buffalo, the third lowest scoring team in the NHL. Somehow Calgary's down there, which makes no sense. But uh yeah, there's Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. Eichel hasn't been as dynamic as McDavid has. He wasn't expected to be. McDavid's still doing his part, and this is what it looks like when Connor McDavid is just a great player. He literally has to be the best player for them to do much of anything. What was the line you tweeted to us or texted us the other day, Drake Caligula and UC Okanen. Drake Kajula. Kajula, whatever. I always get that wrong. (laughs) Caligula, I like. I like Caligula better. (laughs) Let's stick with that. And uh, which Okanen was it? UC. He was a shootout specialist for a while there. So I've heard. That's great. It wasn't Ollie. No. So that's that's what uh, that's what they're putting around Connor McDavid right now. So problem. Yeah. It's not great. Just saying, Taylor Hall looked really good on that line. I've said it a hundred times. Yes. Taylor Hall scored fifty goals on that line. P- oh yeah, and McDavid would be over a hundred points every year. Mm-hmm. ESPN had a thing out. I believe it was actually today, looking at coaches on the hot seat now that Vigneault is you know safe for a week or whatever, and uh, Todd McClellan's name came up. Oh, I'd have him number one right now, wouldn't you? And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And Maybe I... the guy on the hot seat should be the GM. Mm-hmm. If you're the owner and you have any clue yeah. how to analyze the situation, you'd be looking at the GM right now. All right. What the heck have you I just done? Thought, I mean, and again, I, I'm not going to pretend as a fan of a sport that I would know what to do as an owner, but I feel like there are times where you need to step in when your GM is doing something that could... When it affects your bottom line, I mean, you're trading a star player away, it affects your bottom line, where you have to go, um, what, what is the thought process behind this deal? And again, I, you never know. Sometimes they're more absentee. Maybe they're, they're not hockey. Again, hockey men or women, they're business. And like they, they <laughs> want to see man. this spread, He's not spreadsheet. not a hockey man. I don't know how the best way to describe it, but... <laughs> no, that was it. There might, you know, you go up to, and they, you know, they don't know what the blue line is, but they know how to run a business and they own a franchise. It happens. Yeah. But... 
if you know I how to run a business, you should be analyzing those decisions. Yeah. And say, wait, Adam Larson? You sure we Ooh. can't get more? Yeah. Are you sure we can't trade less to get Adam Larson? It's like it's like the owner is the parent and Todd McClellan and Peter Shirelli are siblings and the parents out of the room and then they come in and, and Todd's been doing his homework and Peter Shirelli has been coloring on the walls and Todd's going to get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. It's because we all agree, right? If I told you right now one of these two guys is gone in a month, it's going to be McClellan. Yep. Yeah, it's going. He's to a be. good coach. I mean, that's yep. what happens when a GM is desperate. That's a mistake. Yeah, of course it is. It's like the equivalent of firing your offensive coordinator. Like, yeah, that'll that'll solve it. That was the problem. It was your offensive coordinator that was the problem in yeah. Cincinnati. It's always the issue. Uh, I don't even know who like who would Edmonton bring in. Are we just going to say Dave Tippett to every potential job that's opening? Craig McTavish, they bring him back. That's a step back for the Oilers if they, they get rid of with a younger guy, Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger is not a younger guy. <laughs> I guess that's true. Dallas Aikens again? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what other Edmonton coaches they've had. Over maybe she really takes over as the coach too. Coach. Goes like Greg Popovich style and just steps right in. Uh, let's talk about Pat the Ryan, Pat Riley. Yeah, <laughs> this is my team now. Okay, <laughs> get out. Um, are, are, we, are, we still, are we going with this stuff? Let's. Uh, hey, I know Todd Nelson. Ooh, ooh. there you go. Mark Crawford, Mike Keenan. Mark Crawford. Wow. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. Mike Keenan, that's what they need. They need Mike Keenan <laughs> <laughs> to really turn McDavid loose. And by loose, I mean as a free agent into the league somewhere else. I'm going to bench him and play mind games with him. <laughs> Dale Hunter. Uh, let's stay in the Pacific Division. Okay. And let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks, shall okay, we? Okay, wow. I watched the Canucks game at, at 1030 last night on a Monday night because I kind of want to see the Canucks play hockey. Glimpse into Luke's life. I got home from the hockey game and I watched the hockey game. It's Monday night. What are you Sorry, doing man. at 1045 on a Monday night? Sleeping. Subway? <laughs> That's the, that's the fifth time you brought up. Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, you're obsessed with this. It's even more so than, like, the Burger King. I'm trying to get a sponsorship out of this. I was no, fresh. At 1045, no. I was probably sleeping. You should be watching a little hockey. Probably sleeping. I'm thinking, hey, we're doing a podcast tomorrow. I'm writing something on you know, Brock Besser. I get up Besser. early in the morning. Like, I'm thinking, hey, children. I, no. yeah. I'm thinking, hey, I've got a, in the morning. Thinking, hey, I've got a 7 a.m. radio show. It's 1045. I better be asleep. That's right. See? We do things in the morning. We're well, productive. I was writing about Vancouver for this website, so I wanted to make sure I did a little research. And this they website lost, being fanrexports.com. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I like that line, that Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, Sven Berchi line. That's intriguing we, to me. Killer bees. Yes. Although I, when I looked it up, Vancouver has had a killer bees line like each of the last four years, and, and it hasn't obviously involved those three guys. Like anytime they have anybody with a bee in their name, they call it the killer bees. They haven't been so killer. No, they've been less than killer. Okay. But uh, Travis Green just kind of stepping in there and benching the Sedins and doing it his way. How about that, huh? That, again, I th- you and I talked about this when I was in New York, when, when uh, we were on the podcast uh, and our third member was missing. Who was that? I'm not sure where he was no, at that time. but Probably Alabama. <laughs> we, I, I guess everyone knows the backstory on that by now. I hope so. If it's not, been an inside joke long enough. Go back and listen to episode 57 to get the full story. By the way, but, like the last week of January, I'm also going back to Alabama. So. Okay. To see Jamie? Yeah. Okay. It's been a full year. <laughs> Why are you going back? <laughs> well, because they, they, do, they do the Senior Bowl every year, Luke. Oh. oh okay. That's why. I feel like once you've sure. seen one, you've seen them all. Sure. Travis Green, sacrificial lamb. That's how we all viewed him, right? Yep. Yeah. At the start of the season. This is the guy that's going to get fired first. Yeah. Well, or at least be in a position where it was going to hurt future 
job prospects because he was going to step in, be the Canucks coach for a year, be the scapegoat when they mm-hmm. missed the playoffs. And who knows? Yeah, last year uh, Alex Burrows was on the team. Then they were the Killer Bees that way too. So that's, that's, yeah. you can't. You need to come up with a new name. Here's Vancouver in a playoff position as of today. By the way, Vancouver, Vegas, and Colorado all in playoff position in the Western Conference. And Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg sticks, right? Winnipeg, I think, is legit. That'll be the topic of a story later this week on FanRag Sports. No. You see how you do that? We've basically just turned the show into like a 45-minute shameless plug Mm -hmm. at this point. Pretty much. Uh, I have no shame. You pretend you still do. (laughs) Who wouldn't be excited for a nice Vancouver-LA first-round matchup? (laughs) Yeah, right now, yeah. Vancouver, St. Louis, LA, Nashville. Vegas, San Jose. There's not a lot of sexy Max. Winnipeg, Colorado. In the West right now. Oh. They're, they're really not. How are all the good teams match. out of the playoffs? Exactly. There are no good teams exactly. in the Exactly. Well, Anaheim has like 17 injuries, so I get that. Yeah, it gets that. us out two months but now. But Blackhawks, Dallas, Anaheim, Edmonton, all out of playoffs. Calgary, playoffs. Minnesota. Minnesota has two huge injuries. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Too, but. but yeah, I mean, what is this? Every team that made the playoffs last year would miss right now in the West. Six right? of the teams it's, would it's miss crazy. the playoffs. That's absurd. Uh, we don't need to keep talking about Vancouver. I was just I was going to give them a little bit of credit. And look, it's not like they're ten and two; they're no. seven five and two. But I don't think it's sustainable because they don't really have a, a clear cut number one goalie. Well, you assume these other teams are going to wake up behind them too at some point. Somebody's going to Anaheim's going to get it together when they get healthy. As for the rest of these teams, I'm not sure yet. I, I don't know if Edmonton's going to figure it out because I don't think they have a heck of a lot around those guys as we just discussed. Well, and Edmonton's Blackhawks, way I don't back. think are going to figure out the Blackhawks. And I turned on the game against the Blackhawks. It, it was Montreal, first of all. It was Montreal. Yeah. One of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And I just watched the Blackhawks defend for five straight shifts. Why do you do this like, to yourself? Okay. So that's how this season's going to go. Got- Gary Crawford has stood on his head for weeks now. And he's the only reason that they're anything close to a playoff spot right now. Got shut out by Montreal. So mm, I'm assuming Carey you. Price wasn't in net. No. Nope. Okay. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that the Carey Price that we're seeing isn't the actual Carey Price. They cloned him, and, and something went wrong with the cloning. And Carey Price is on vacation somewhere in like Europe right now, figuring, "Hey, I got it. We're set. We've got clone Carey Price in net, and he's been awful." I'm just collecting my check. That's right for the next many, many years. On the Blackhawks side, though, it is interesting to think three, four years back when everything was Corey Crawford's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now in the last pretty much two and a half years, he is the only reason why. We even look at the Blackhawks as a quasi-cup contender, and Craig doesn't even look at them as that. I'm not even sure they're a playoff team. They're a marginal they playoff team in my mind. I still think they'll get it together, too. I mean, when we say they're out of the playoffs right now, they're tied for a playoff The spot. only thing that makes me think they might is they have that cap exception now, and they might go get a defenseman, which they need so badly. All of Reckman Larson. Yeah, that's yeah, right. All of Reckman Larson's available. Yeah. I mean, come on. A second round trade for him. And... Right, right. He'll have already been traded 29 John other Chica teams John Chica makes trades that. like that all the time, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, wait. John Chica actually makes good trades. Yes. Uh, but Edmonton is a little different because they're already seven points back of all these teams. And mm-hmm. I just feel like you look at Chicago and Dallas, and you mentioned Anaheim has all these injuries. Those are teams that I do expect to be mentally strong enough to figure something out. And those, those teams are all different from each other. But, like, Chicago tends to get better as the year goes on. And you're right. They, they might be able to add somebody. Dallas has a lot of vets. Edmonton has that implosion factor working there, too, where if this doesn't get turned around soon, they might just melt down. They could revert to who they were. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, I mean, or that team that missed the playoffs. Who were the leaders on that team, too? Like, I mean, that's... Doubting Milan Lucic? 
Yeah. Adam Larson. Like with Chicago, yeah, they could, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but that's not, I mean, the expectations are not, hey, just get to the playoffs if you're a Blackhawks fan. No. Like, that's, no. Not, that's not good enough. But in Edmonton, I don't know. Like, you have a ton of young guys. Some of them are good. A lot of them are not. I don't see a quick fix. I don't see, well, if they make one trade, they'll be back on track. No, no, they should just not make any this more trades. This still looks like a team that even if they make another trade, maybe it's even a good trade. They're what, a first, look like a first-round exit team? Yeah, and you know what the stats say, too. As, as crazy as it is this early in the season, you know what the stats say on teams that are out of the playoffs. Is this the Friedman stat? But, 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 well, like in December. You know, we're I, almost, it's the Thanksgiving stat. We're almost yeah. there. Yeah, when we hit December, outside the top we hit eight. December, if you're, not, if you're not in the top eight, your chances are not good. What's the Friedman stat? When you hit November 1st, if you're four points or more out of a playoff spot, I think you've you've missed like 46 out of 52 times in the last, whatever that is, four years. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, it is, because there's a lot of parity in hockey in mm-hmm. terms of, I know the same team won the last two cups, and if you go over the last 10 years, it's only been a couple of teams that have won the cup, but there's different teams in the mix every year. I kind of slipped that in suddenly. I know, how, you know, I know the same team won the cup for the last two I'm years. I'm just but. saying, you know, we don't typically see back-to-backs, but we're currently in, in the midst no, of one. They're so good. But, you know, uh, as long as they don't play in back-to-back games, they're fine. The, uh, the, the Oilers are in a tough spot, and they've got a four-game East Coast road trip coming up. I mean, you have McDavid. You've got a guy that is capable of just putting the team on his back and, and winning you three games in a row. That's it's a nice luxury to have. Or you can get shut out by Detroit. Yeah, by the yeah. way, Edmonton looked like the far <laughs> inferior team in that game, and Detroit sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to our next point. <laughs> that was that was Jamie's segue for you. Um, I and, guess that I guess you already answered the question. Your question was any love for Detroit. Not from Jamie. For some reason, I have seen Detroit a lot this season, possibly because they've already played the Coyotes twice, and for some reason I was up watching them at 11 o'clock uh, p.m. last so night. So you have a skewed perspective. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. But I'm looking at Detroit through the lens of, you guys were both saying they might be the worst team in the NHL. They're not terrible. They've got, like, Anthony Mantha, I could see being a 33-goal scorer. I, I, yeah, they've got the some thing. pieces. I mean, Larkin and Mantha are both playing very well for them. On, on the flip side, you're still concerned about Nyquist and Tatar. Those guys Nyquist is never going to take that yeah, next step. Yeah, it doesn't I'm look sorry. like those guys years. are going to be those guys that they thought they'd they're not. They're not good. I'm not saying they're good. They're, they're a they're, mediocre team. They're not as bad as I thought they were. They're still not good. They could still sink to as bad as you thought they were. Yes. But right now, they're mediocre. Well, it's going to be tough for them to pass up Buffalo in the Eastern Oof. Conference. The Sabres seem pretty locked into. What's going to happen if it's the Oilers, Coyotes, and Sabres vying for the no. first pick again? Well, the Coyotes will end third. No, actually, they'll finish fifth seventh. somehow. Yeah. How far can seventh. they fall? They can fall. They're yeah. third. They can fall like the tenth or something. They can draft sixth, right? I know we brought this up on the podcast last week, yeah. and I, yeah. I tweeted it out yesterday, and people started to get angry, but. We need to acknowledge the fact that the Oilers might end up with the first pick again this year. I mean, it's very possible. If it, if it happens, there should be riots in the streets. In Vancouver? I'm recommending riots. I, I, I oh. don't, well, well, I don't they, advocate for... Vancouver, they really don't need an excuse, do they? Hey, let's have a riot. I, I usually don't advocate for corruption. <laughs> do you see that whole flap with, with Pittsburgh? That's, yeah. With oh, that was great. Uh, Jason Bro was tweeting him. Uh, it was That was ugly. I didn't see it. Okay. I missed all of it. Are it, we gonna... it it'd be really hard to explain without calling up the tweets and giving text. But basically, well, hey, it's a Pittsburgh podcast. Writer, the, the Penguins, you know, were in, were in Vancouver. Yes. You're aware of that. Yeah, and they I lost. You Brock Besser had a hat trick. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But one of their writers was tweeting about how <laughs> uh, there were riots. The last, the last meaningful goal, did he say? The last meaningful goal scored in this building was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
referencing the riots, et cetera, and it didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't go over well with the writers in Vancouver or yeah. the general public. That's shocking. Yes. You know. That, you know, is sort of weird. The last time Vancouver won a playoff series was before all that happened when they lost in the Cup to the Bruins to, in 2011. They haven't won a playoff series since 2011. Hmm. Buffalo, the uh, the, uh, the they Bills. Were the best, they were the best team in hockey that year too. When they lost to the Bruins, they yeah. were the best team in hockey. The Bills haven't been to the playoffs since the Music City Miracle. Yeah, that's, imagine that Buffalo that way of ending is, your. The run Bills' streak is ridiculous, just ridiculous. Yeah, that is that's that's sort of out there. Uh, anyway, we haven't talked about the LA Kings really at all, and we can keep doing that if you want. We can just move on. But I, Coyotes we, fans would be happy if we didn't. Probably should give them some sort of love because they're 10-2-2. Two, two. 22 points is the third best record in hockey. The two teams in front of them, Tampa Bay is the best team in hockey. They just are. That's the best team. Uh, they ain't even close right now. I mean, they're only a point up on St. Louis, but they're better. Yeah. But St. Louis is second, and L.A. is third. And L.A. has played one less game than those two teams. How is this happening? It's a really good question. How, how does Dustin Brown have 13 points in 14 I, I games? I have no that's, idea. That's what I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, Kopitar seems to be back to his normal level. Tyler Toffoli's playing well. They're getting some contributions from other guys like Adrian Kempe. The Coyotes have his brother. Uh, Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. He's not a point-per-game guy, is he? No. This can't last. That's the one that doesn't make sense. No. You look at Kopitar, 17 points in 14 games. I think everybody knew last year was just sort of an outlier. I don't know if he was secretly hurt or he just having an off year or whatever, but he's, he's too good to not – I mean, this is what he is right here, this, this guy that is one of the better scorers in the league and one of the better leaders in the league. So that's fine. Uh, Tyler Toffoli was the guy that you kept waiting. They don't have a, a ton of young talent up front, but he was the one you were sort of waiting to, to take the next step to being consistently really good. And, like, Adrian Kempe has, has been their best prospect for the last couple of years. He's got mm-hmm. six goals. But other than that, like, what are we looking at here? Dustin Brown, that's not sustainable. He's never been that player. No. And he hasn't even been a player for the last two years. <laughs> we're we're going to have to get John Rosen on the uh, show some point soon to, to ask him about that. The other, the other obvious side of this is Jonathan Quick has been fantastic yeah, this season. He Just really fantastic. has. fantastic. And, and there are a lot of insiders in the game that have always believed that he is one of the top three goaltenders in the game, and maybe the numbers didn't show it some of these years. Well, he, he's playing like it right now. It helps to have Drew Doughty, too. I mean, yeah, you Jake look Muzzin at... Yeah, too, is having a terrific year, and they've got all, all the pieces that they... I guess that's that's the, the story here, is that all the guys that need to be doing well for the LA Kings are doing well. Can they sustain that? I don't think Dustin Brown can. No. But everybody else that needs to produce for them is doing so. And they've had some, you know, they made a couple good moves. Mike Camilleri was probably a good move for the, the money they spent on him. He could he could score 20 goals for him. Yeah. It, this, it, it's a best case scenario across the board for the Kings so far. And so I think the general inclination is to look at that and say, okay, well, you know, we're maybe a fifth of the way into the season. That won't last. But the Kings won the Stanley Cup a few years ago because yeah. the best case scenario just lasted all year. And Kopitar is a great center. Dowdy is a great defenseman, and Quick's a great goalie. Yeah. So I don't think any of those three things are going to change. And they change. haven't had Jeff Carter. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's crazy. A, that's a great point. That's a really good point. If he comes back mm-hmm. and does anything, right. the Western Conference, man, it's just a, no idea what's happening in the West this year. Mess. No idea. San Jose is still good. Central Division is it the best in hockey? It was for, what, two or three years in there, and then last year you could make a case that it was the worst in hockey. But uh, if you just go by 
points per team in the standings, not goals per game or anything, which is points per team. Uh, it's the best division in hockey right now. Also, if you just go points per team, every division is averaging more than a point per game per team, which means everybody's above 500 on average. <laughs> Mathematically doesn't it's add the up. the NHL, of course. <laughs> I don't know about the Central yet. I, Colorado's going to fall. We know that. Yeah. Winnipeg, I still need to see it over the long haul. Uh, we've been waiting for this for a very long time, and they're getting good goaltending from Connor Hellebuck, which would be the biggest piece that they've been missing in the past. But let's see them sustain it. They do have a lot of pieces, though. I, I mean, you look at their blue line, you look at their center position. Mark Scheifele's having another terrific year. He is an elite number one center. They, they've got a lot of pieces. It would be... I'd like to see that, actually, because I like watching that team play. I'd like to see them take that next step, finally, that we thought they were going to take for the last couple seasons. I mean, just in deference to Coyotes fans, I maybe don't want to see Winnipeg make a deep playoff run. But if you just put all that aside, it's a fun team to watch with Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers and Patrick Laine. And I think Kyle Connor is going to be good. You're not going to mention Blake Wheeler, are you? Blake Wheeler has like 21 top, points. Yeah, like Blake Wheeler is still the best player right nobody talks about. Yeah. But I... He's very good. He's not as fun to watch as Patrick Laine or Mark Shifley are right now. Those guys are – Dustin Bufflin's fun to watch on the blue line, especially when he's facing Dallas and fighting Jamie Benn. I mean, that was <laughs> – That was a crazy fight. And then they apparently – they didn't fight last night, right? Jamie Benn saw him and said round two's tonight in the, the hallways, and then that was it. So I, I don't know if he was talking about round two of something else, but I'd be fine if there was a nice Dallas-Winnipeg rivalry brewing in that division. Why not? It makes sense geographically. Absolutely. That's two right. rivalry night, two rival cities. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rivalry night in the you, NHL. You know, you, Why not? You gallop through Dallas and you hear all the Winnipeg hate on a daily basis. <laughs> it's it's overwhelming, to be quite honest. What was the deal on Wednesday night of last week? Rivalry night for NBC Sports, and it was Blackhawks Flyers. Which look, they're fine teams. Hey, they played in the 2010 Cup Final. A, remember? Say they met remember in a, a semi interesting Cup Final. <laughs> The, and last... the fact that there was about three seconds where we didn't know if Patrick Kane scored or not. Right, remember that? <laughs> Patrick Kane scored and he was the only one who knew. Yeah. It was the last meeting this season. The rivalry. Michael between... Leighton, I believe, was the starting goalie then. That's he, what was. he was. For a Stanley Cup team. get to the Stanley Cup with Michael, Michael Leighton? Leighton. Well, that was a weird year. They upset the Bruins. Didn't they come back on the Bruins that year? Yeah, that, yeah. They were, uh, yeah that was the year that the Bruins went 3-0. They were down 3-0 yeah. in the series mm-hmm. and 3-0 in Game and, 7. Yes, yep. yes, yes. At that point, if you're the Bruins, you just walk off the ice in shame and confusion. Yeah. Instead, they won the Cup next year. Well, that's, that's a good way to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, my whole point was that was the last meeting this season, that same night between McDavid and Crosby, and we got to see Flyers-Blackhawks. Is there a reason that they can't put the Oilers? Maybe maybe NBC Sports was ahead of their time deciding not to put the Oilers on TV <laughs> ever this year. But is there a reason they can't show the Oilers? Just because it's a Canadian market? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I demand an answer, Craig. I don't know why Sorry, I'm demanding I it of you. I haven't but, explored this yet. Uh, you want to talk about the Wild? We're, I feel like we're doing everything in the Western Conference here today. Mm, that's all right. Okay. What, what do you think about the Wild? Uh, look, Zach Parise is out after going something called microdisectomy surgery on his back for a herniated disc. He's 33 years old, so you can say, oh, well, when Zach Parise comes back in the lineup, he's 33 years old. He's got a lot of mileage. He was already showing signs of decline. I'm not sure we're ever going to see anything close to Zach Parise again. So that's a, a big problem, especially when you look at the contract. He's signed for a long time for a lot of money. But Charlie Coyle being out, that impacts them. He's going to help when he comes back. But when I look at this team, I wonder if they have already peaked. 
Have they peaked? <laughs> what was that hand gesture yeah, they, right they, there? Yeah, they got, peaked. Cut it way up here. Okay. I know people can't see look it. like an angry yeah, Italian. They, they peaked in March of last year, or this year. That was when they peaked. They're not a, I don't think they're a better team right now. Because who are their elite pieces? They have good pieces? Who are their elite pieces? Their elite pieces were Zach Parise and, and, and Suter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are probably I don't think past their prime. Yes, I don't think either is elite anymore. No. But they're signed for another 37 years. Yeah, that'll help. That's, uh, that's an issue. When you're, when you're a team built like this where you don't have an elite player, really, you just need everybody to be pulling all their, their weight at all times. Mm-hmm. And then you have a couple injuries and a couple guys aren't pulling their weight. And then you look around the Western Conference, like we just said, and, and there's all these teams that weren't in the playoffs a year ago that are currently in playoff spots. Like, if you're going to sit here and tell me, okay, some of these teams are going to drop off and some of these teams that aren't currently in playoff spots are going to get in, well, I'm saying, like, Chicago gets in and maybe Dallas and Anaheim and maybe Calgary before Minnesota. So now you're five down the list of teams that aren't even in the playoffs right now. They do have that talent pool of prospects that we talked about last year when the Coyotes traded Martin Hansel that way, but are any of those pieces going – they need a couple of those pieces to become elite players. And, I, again, I don't know if – if Minnesota is anything more than a collection of good players and their their most elite pieces from the past are declining now. And that's a problem because, as you mentioned, they're signed through 2024. If I asked you to tell me who is leading the Minnesota Wild in points right now through 13 games... You want me to look it up? No, I have it. I don't? I think even if you look it up, you won't be able to tell me because you'll be in such shock. Because I won't know the name? No, I mean, you'll know the name, but there's no way that... Nobody's going to guess Jared Spurgeon, right? Okay. Well, he leads the team with 10 points, two goals. The leading goal scorer on the team is Chris Stewart with six. That's not going to cut it. I mean, yeah, something's missing. I think, they, I think they got problems. But I, don't, I don't see this team climbing. Maybe Charlie Coyle adds a little bit when he comes back, but I don't see this team making much of an impact. And if you fall too far off the playoff pace, as we just asserted, you're in trouble. And they're not an explosive team in the sense. I know they went on, on a huge winning streak last year, so it's not like they're not capable of, of winning some games in a row. But again, and they're ahead of the Oilers, but yeah. I'll take the team that has McDavid making a run or the team that has T- Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith or you know the team with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn over the team with Charlie Coyle, who's hurt. And yeah, I, mean, now, not I wonder if Jamie's right. I wonder if they peaked last year. I, I think they did. I, I, I can't look at this team right now and say that they're better than they were last year. And then the way they finished the season into the postseason was not desirable. Yep. And Bruce Boudreaux and that playoff thing, yeah. Well, it won't be an issue if they don't make the playoffs. True. True. Can't, can't lose a game seven if you don't get there. How about heading over to the East Coast, the Toronto Maple Leafs, where the sky was falling it a week falling. ago? It's, it's definitely falling, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What a mess. I mean, they're only in second place in their division behind the best team in hockey. So who do they take with the number one pick this year? Is it going to be? Well, I mean, now that their season's over with one of the better records in hockey, I don't know what they're going to do. The the Maple Leaf panic is, like I said last week, it's going to be one of my favorite storylines over the next four or five, six years. Because I don't know if Maple Leafs fans know how to enjoy success because they haven't had it in so long. So I think anything short of winning the Cup they're just going to be constantly worried. Do you think they're even self-aware enough to know that you, they've worked themselves into an unnecessary hysteria? No, it's no, being, because but, people but, that would I know mean, that. It's even being driven by the organization now, right? Yes. With what Lou Lamorello's saying. It's just, it's bizarre. Just, hey, we're way too early for you to be freaking out, especially because 
Your team's right there. Yeah, you're not you're not three and ten. You're you, nine and seven. Yeah, and you can say you need to set expectations. Maybe you're trying to set higher expectations. This is the way we're gonna do it here. This is gonna be the Maple Leaf way to say that playing okay, playing well is not good enough. You need to take it to the next level. But let's remember who this team is. They 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 had a wonderful postseason run last year, but they're still really young. So it seems just crazy to freak out about this at this point. I think last year is the most enjoyment Maple Leafs fans are going to have until they win the Cup. And there's no guarantee they win the Cup. But if you really think about it, like we had James Myrtle on the show last year before the season, remember? And he Mm -hmm. said, you know, fans here are excited about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. This was before last season. But they really are doing a good job of sort of tempering their expectations. Now, Matthews obviously tested that when he came out and scored four goals in the first game. Didn't last long. Yeah. But, uh, but I still feel like last year there was a sense, and I'm, we're not in Toronto, but there was a sense from afar that the fan base was as okay with a rebuild as they're ever going to be. And so that was the nice like crossover year where, hey, we're exceeding expectations and look how, how far we're pushing the Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. Now the bar has clearly been raised. And I don't, like I said, I don't think they're really going to truly enjoy this unless they win a cup. Last year was, was their, their year of enjoyment because everything they did exceeded expectations. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> you don't want to say anything about Detroit? No. Okay. No, I think that's a fair assessment of the situation there. You're, you're probably right. They won't enjoy anything again until they win a cup. Because that's the expectation now. <laughs> well, After last season, okay, now outlook. we need to win the cup. You need to fast forward, win the cup. Yeah. Now. We pushed Washington, so that means we're in the Cup next year, right? We'll play the Oilers. Forget, forgetting who you were playing. Yes, it's the Washington Capitals. Uh, would you rather be the Maple Leafs or the Oilers? Let's just play the obvious game yeah, there yet you again. Go. That's the way to frame it for them. Would, who would you rather be? Seriously, is there when you, when you look at team trajectories for the future, is there a team that you'd rather be a fan of than the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? Ooh. Is That's there? a good question. So we're, we're saying, like, for the any next team, five any, years. Any team, yeah, for the next five years. Any team in the league. I cede my time to Luke. You're, so I get ten years now because Jamie gave me his five years, too, or, or no? no? I'm just curious. Just giving you, you, I'm saying as, a, giving you as somebody that is interested in the, in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, that's why I'm is asking. There a team you, would you trade your Penguins fandom for the next five years? No. Maple Leafs fandom. That's, that's not fair because they just won the two cups, so you're still getting the... Like Pittsburgh, residual. yeah, they could go out in the second round this year, and Penguins fans, you know, you just won the last two cups. Like that bought you some equity, and they could still win the cup this year if they ever figure out how to play on the second half of a back to back. Although I guess you don't need to do that in the playoffs. Uh, but if you're just saying starting right now, nothing prior to this season mattered. I th- Pittsburgh's still pretty well set up, but Toronto's in the conversation. Who else is in that conversation? I don't know. Every, there are teams I mean, that Tampa. Tampa. Well, Tampa's a good good choice, um, but the, a lot of the other teams are just too early in the process yeah. or fading out of the process. I don't think I'd take the Penguins at this point because I don't expect that to last much longer either. But they'd be in your like your top five, right? I'm just trying to well, fill out a top five. What I'm five. trying to measure is, you know, if you if you're looking at trajectories, what what's exciting? What 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 does the future bring? Which which fan base would you rather be a part of? in terms of what you're looking at coming down the road for your franchise. Not what happened last year, just what comes from this point forward over the next five years. I, I'd take Toronto. Yeah, I think it's Toronto and Tampa. Yeah. I mean, those are the two that stand out for me. Let me, let me ask you this. That's funny, too, because they're in the same division. Let's say Pittsburgh won they both another cup. Tea. Oh, Whoa. The pair, And they're both blue and white. We just stumbled on something here, guys. That's the key. If everybody just changed their colors... 
<laughs> Don't say that too loudly, or at least one team's going to try it. Let's say Pittsburgh wins the Cup in two years still. Let's say they have one more left in them, but it's not this year. Are you, and, and Toronto doesn't win one in the next five years. Are you still taking Toronto in the sense that they're in it every year, even beyond two years from now, and yeah, they're getting I just, better? I just like their future okay. better than any other teams from this point forward. I think I still like Tampa better, but yeah, Toronto's right there. Tampa's more complete right now. Yes, but but Tampa's not old either. Like no. most of these guys are. Kucherov, he's like twenty four, isn't he? He's absurdly young for the fact that he scores literally every single game. Yeah, to me, Tampa's the only other team in the conversation. Not Montreal. <laughs> well, here, let's play this game then. Which uh, which team would you least be excited to be a fan of over the next five years? Hmm. Buffalo, but they have Eichel. That, that's nice. They've they've had Eichel. Uh, Colorado. Colorado's probably a good one. Yeah. Is Montreal? Mm, Montreal. Montreal might be Montreal's on their list. Montreal's in the Because I'm looking for teams that don't really have any potential stars on their team. Carolina. Like, yeah, Carolina's. By weird. the way, we, we can we be done with Carolina yet? I know they they're only four, five, and three, but I'm, here's the I'm other, already sick of them. Here's the other reality <laughs> of Carolina: people look at their their young players and say, "Oh my gosh, their future's bright." You know what's going to happen in a couple of years when when those players start producing? They're going to have to sell off a couple of them. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen in Carolina. That's depressing. It's it's also reality with their ownership. Yeah. Well, I guess the one thing that could be spun into a positive for them at this point is they don't seem to have any true superstars. So maybe they could afford some of these guys. Sebastian Ajo hasn't even scored yet this year, has he? And he was... <laughs> didn't he score against the Coyotes? No. That was the prediction. He's that one, he was, of the, one of the few that didn't. Somebody else scored their first goal against the Coyotes. Who yeah. Was that? Um, Agposo. Oh, yeah, in Buffalo. The Buffalo game, yeah. But uh, Sebastian Ajo, who I would say is probably their best player, has... Well, he's not even showing up on their stat sheets. So that could look be at their issue. contract situation. Not great. Like, who signed past 18-19? Not a lot of guys. No. So they have a lot of decisions to make over the next two seasons. Yeah, that you're right. That would probably be a team. But the only thing with Montreal is you're, you're saddled with that price contract. Oh, that. Which kind of seems like a problem. But uh, Well, there, yeah. are, there are a few teams in that situation. I'm glad we, uh, we finished the show on a high note. <laughs> Talking about the teams you don't want to be a fan of. Uh, what about the KHL pulling out of the Olympics? Got oh, any comments on that? Of high notes. <laughs> what a crazy story that is, huh? I mean, what do you even what do you even do with that? What do you do with that if you're the IOC? Yeah, you know that whole investigation into doping. You're right. You know, we're we're not going to worry about that anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can't look. As we've established on the show many times in the past, I don't think any of us are going to take the IOC side on many stances. But you can't just abandon an investigation because you might lose some talent from the Olympics in one sport. Especially when there's this exhaustive report out on, you know, state-sponsored doping that might go back as far as 2011 in Russia. It's really good research. I know we're, we're not so into research in today's, today's climate. Oh, you boy. Know, facts, scientific climate. Is this uh, real news? Did I say climate? Sorry. Yeah. It must have been a slip of the tongue. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here we go. Craig's but on there's, a roll. there's a whole lot of evidence out there that they're doing what, what they've been accused of doing, but and, and their take is, okay, pursue this. We might pull out of the Olympics, too. My, my attitude, if I'm the IOC, is see ya. Well, which is usually their attitude with anybody, whether it's a legitimate or not legitimate claim. <laughs> <Right. so. laughs> it's actually their motto, isn't it? 
the IOC, and then it just says on the front door, see ya. Yeah, IOC, who are you anyway? It's not, if I understand this right, though, it would just be the KHL pulling their players. It's not Russia pulling out of the Olympics. No, it's the KHL, yeah. But yeah. it's again, it's that, that affects a lot of players. It does, but aren't we sort of at the point now where... We don't care. Well, nobody's going to be playing. <laughs> Like some guys at the Olympics. Who's going to be the best player at the Olympics? I don't know who's eligible to play. Right. Let's let's wait until all this shakes out. Uh, I don't. I mean, if you, I hear the Swedish elite league maybe pulling out too. Yeah, Sweden's going to dominate. Right. They they're just sitting back laughing. Uh, this is not a knock on the KHL, but if the NHL is already not there, I think the people that are going to watch Olympic hockey are going to watch whether the KHL players are there or not at this point. Like I'm going to watch. Olympic hockey because I love hockey and I love the Olympics. Okay, but it impacts your if, if you're an exec trying to build a roster. I mean, think about what you're thinking if you're Canada right now. There are 15 players in the KHL that are supposed to be on your roster. You're like, whoa, hold up, what? We might lose 15 players that we have to replace. It's it's, it's crazy. It creates havoc for these teams that are trying to simply construct a roster. Well, yeah, ideally they would be in. <laughs> if you're just telling me do you want them in or out, I would say in. But if there's a huge trade-off, then I, I don't I don't know what to make of, of I mean the Olympics are in three months, right? Like at a certain yeah. point these these programs need to know which players they're looking eligible. at. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would help. Let's figure it out around uh, New Year's. How are we going to do training camps? I, we're not. And this the is, IOC expects to rule on this in December. So oh, okay, good. So then you'll have a oh, month and a another half. Another month, yeah. In an Olympics where the teams might actually need training camps because you're not just bringing in Crosby and Taves and Dowdy to build your yeah. roster. And this is my, my favorite part of the Winter Olympics is getting worse and worse and worse every day. Figure skating? Yes, the big figure skating scandal. Yeah, there's one every four years. You know what? I This is what I want from the Olympics, okay? I want Canada to compile their team of people that share names with great hockey players but aren't great hockey players like i want Sidney crosby from alberta and i want jonathan taves from or at least the last name because that's all that shows up on the jersey that's just find those guys jimmy taves Mm -hmm. and dave dowdy like that's the team i want and i want the u.s to go out there with james quick that's 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 what i'm looking for from the olympics so you don't even have to change the jerseys take the the real jack campbell of the unprovoked yet specific shot at Jack Campbell. That's what we should do. We should have like the senior Olympics. Just bring all, bring back all the players that have been on the team and are yeah. retired now. I, like it, the best of. like right. ECHL's second division allowed to play. I'll bet you could. I'll, I'll bet you can convince Michael Ruzioni to play again. Yeah, he'd go out there. Probably I, could. I'd watch. People would watch Michael Ruzioni play hockey for a couple minutes, wouldn't they? Anything else here? You want to talk about the Islanders before we wrap up? No. Okay. Yeah. Good. That'll do it then. For Jamie Eisner, for Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Honey. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.